Mesa Radio Theater proudly presents NG-17's Observations. Oh, look, another politician who's having a political fallout being hounded by reporters. How typical. Oh, oh, no comment, no comment, no comment. Yeah, of course, no comment to anything. Wait a second. How can he say that? That's a paradox right there. If he says no comment, that's making a comment. But then, on the other hand, if he doesn't say no comment, then how can he let people know he has no comment? So he's commenting on the situation and going and contradicting himself right there. Oh, it's no wonder people don't bother to vote. There's clever engineers. Get ready to rock. This is NZ17 bringing a fresh new episode, episode 89 of ASO Radio. Anyways, we've got a lot of fun stuff for you in store today. And a big konnichiwa to all of our new podcast listeners. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, we've got a bunch of convenient links on the ASO Radio website. Anyways, like I said, we've got a bunch of stuff to do today. We've got three different reviews of three volumes of Kodocha. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of anime that I wasn't able to get to this week. We will be reviewing that on the next episode. Got some important announcements in our fan mail section. And, of course, we have a tasty selection of anime news, which is coming right up next. Dun, 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 dun. Welcome to the Evening News with Dan Weathers. This is Dan Weathers recording your weekly anime news. All right, now a number of you people wrote in to let me know that, um, while you like the extra helpings of news that we've been having lately, that you wanted me to take more of a personal intake and instead of just going and spewing out all of the news for you. So this episode, I'm going to go and do the news, of course, but then I'm going to go and give you my take on each of the stories. Kind of add a bit of personality instead of just reporting. I think it's called... Um, uh, MSNBC, maybe? Um, yeah, I think, no, no, Fox News, that's the one that does that, yeah. Uh, but I won't be like those guys, those personality show types. Uh, I'm not going to get all vehement and, uh, stick on one subject. Uh, in case you're wondering, by the way, why the, uh, show sounds a little bit different, a little bit quieter than usual, uh, I syndicate this show sometimes on, uh, Real Life Radio. Check them out, you know, they're at radio.reallifecomics.com. Uh, and I got a number of enthusiastic complaints saying that the audio wasn't of high enough quality. I actually looked into it, uh, and I had my game settings put a bit too high, and so there was a lot of clipping experience in the show. I've thus turned down the clipping settings to go and try to give a higher quality audio broadcast for everybody, but the downside to this, of course, is that we get a lower capture volume when I'm speaking. So to compensate for this, I'm wearing a headset, um, a 
head-mounted microphone. So if you notice the lack of echo, the lack of static, if you will, in the recording, this is all due to the new recording method. I'd really like to get people's impact on whether they impact feedback on whether they like the changes that have been made with this different style of audio recording. Uh, I like it in a sense, but in another sense, it's not as good as the old one because it's not as loud. Um, but it doesn't have the echo and it sounds clearer, so let me know if you notice the difference and whether you think it's a good thing. Uh, of course, that's the fan mail section, but uh, yeah, we'll talk about that more later. We've got anime news to take care of. And so, first up, do you like anime? Do you have a cell phone? Then there's a way to get the best of both worlds because the anime network is now available on cell phones. Yes, through a deal between Zoo Vision and the anime network, uh, they have created an agreement where CAN, Anime Network, shows will be offered to cell phone users on Singular and Sprint for a monthly subscription fee. Uh, currently available shows include Elfin Lion and Princess Tutu. So, you know, you got one of those phones, check it out, let us know, send in some fan mail. Alright, now some news for the Canucks. Starting this Friday, Naruto will be airing at 8 p.m. in Canada followed by Zatch Bell at 8.30 p.m. Full Metal Alchemist will debut Friday at 10 p.m. Well, I guess this Friday already went by, but anyways, I'm giving you a schedule. Case Closed will premiere on YTV Friday, April 7th at 10.30 p.m. Hopefully, it will get better treatment than it got in the States. Next up, we've got a whole bunch of musicians that are going and making a wonderful video game sympathy and... Sympathy. Symphony in Chicago. Yes, play a video game symphony will be performed by the Chicagoland Pops and Full Choir at the Rosemont Theater, May 27, 2006 at 7.30 p.m. They will be performing music from popular video games including Final Fantasy, Guild Wars, and World of Warcraft. Tickets range from $35 to $25 and are available, of course, from Ticketmaster. Uh, I got a couple of... Uh, stories that I'm going to get to at the end of the news section because I have a big feeling that I'm going to go into rant mode with these. So we'll just skip those for now. Talk about some Miyazaki on the Cartoon Network. Uh, the Cartoon Network recently announced uh, that the air dates for their Miyazaki films will be March 18th for Spirited Away, March 25th for Princess Mononoke, uh, Castle in the Sky is going to come out April 1st. Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind, will be April 8th. Now, um, the interesting thing is that they're going to be playing uh, just a small selection of the films played on Turner Classic Movies because they didn't feel that the other Miyazaki movies met Adult Swim slash Cartoon Network standards. So, whatever that means, right? Alright, next uh, we got Cartoon... or sorry, Adult Swim. Yeah, they're the same thing to me, too, but, you know. All right, semantics aside, uh, Kim Manning has answered several questions in regards to Adult Swim. Uh, it says, Adult Swim programming director Kim Manning posted responses to a bunch of questions fans asked in the recent Ask Adult Swim message board thread. Her responses packed in quite a bit of general information. Uh, she said, I'm just going to list the anime things here, Adult Swim intends to keep anime in its programming mix and is looking to acquire new anime material from ADV, Funimation, and quote-unquote others. Uh, Manning said Adult Swim has a great relationship with Funimation and a strong relationship with ADV, whatever that may imply. 
She said that Adult Swim is currently negotiating. <laughs> you know, I really needed to go and have my tongue do some sit-ups, some push-ups, some general exercise before I start, because apparently I'm not having an easy time talking. I apologize for this. been having a bit of a cold lately. It's been affecting my throat and my nose. Thankfully, my throat seems to be feeling much better today. But still, clog nose. So if I make any mistakes on today's show with pronunciation, please forgive me. Anyways, um, they're negotiating for future unspecified anime series. Number two, uh, plans for Adult Swim's experiment with subtitled anime have been canceled. Apparently, Americans cannot handle subtitled anime on television. And unfortunately, I have to think that Adult Swim's probably right in this regard. It seems that Americans in general, not everybody, just some, have a real xenophobia towards watching anything in a different language with English subtitles. I mean, you know what's going on, but apparently reading while listening is much too hard. Alright, number five. Uh, Adult Swim won't be running... Okay, I already covered this. Uh, Okay, number six. Manning said there are lots of unlicensed anime shows that they are after right now, but gave no details. She said that she was super jealous of Spike TV's acquisition of Afro Samurai. Myself, I'm waiting till I see Afro Samurai before I become super jealous. Uh, number seven, uh, Manning said that the third season of Big O is highly unlikely due to middling ratings and DVD sales, even though the writer, Chiaki Konaka, has a great idea for a season three storyline. Um, now, Anime News Network is our news affiliate, and I was kind of happy to see them get this award. Uh, so I thought I'd mention this. You see, recently, a Best of the Web article by Japan Zine, which is a Japanese magazine for foreigners living in Japan, rated Anime News Network as one of the best Japan-related websites. The article is available at their website at geekjapan.jp. All right, so we've all seen anime on our televisions. A few of us watch anime on our computers. Um, but not too often do we get to see anime in theaters. And Funimation is trying to go and help us with that situation. Not helping us see it less in theaters, but more. You see, Funimation has announced the launch date for the first Funimation Films theatrical release. Funimation Films being the name of their theatrical releases. Dragon Ball Z Fusion Reborn will screen in select landmark chain theaters starting on March 17th. Uh, the film Dragon Ball Z, The Return of Cooler, will show with Fusion Reborn as a double feature. So Dragon Ball Z fans, you have no excuse to miss this theatrical screening. Unless, of course, you don't live near a landmark theater, in which case you have a very good excuse. And I found this kind of cool. Um, five minutes and 25 seconds, all right, was all the time that it took for Anime Boston's 2006 Artist Alley Spaces to sell out. Yes, 84 Artist Alley Spaces sold like that in five minutes. The 2005 Artist Alley sold out in about 45 minutes, so Anime Boston increased the amount of space available by more than 60%. Obviously, though, this wasn't enough. Anime Boston, you're doing great. Keep up the good work. And, very exciting for manga fans, because Naruto has broken into the top 30 best-selling books. You see, three Viz Manga placed in USA Today's best-selling book list for the week ending February 26th. 
most notably was Naruto Volume 9, which ranks 29th, the highest ever ranking achievement by a manga. The volume was ranked in position 147 in the previous week. The other manga in the book list were Roni Kenshin, Volume 24, at position 116, and Death Note, Volume 4, in 118. So, rather big difference for Naruto. Let's see if he can go and help us go and get manga read by more fans. Previously, the highest ever ranking manga was Fruits Basket, which achieved 69th position with Volume 10, and had several volume break the top 100. The next highest ranking title is Full Metal Alchemist, which is currently being published, and it reached uh, number 88 with Volume 2. Volume 1 of Full Metal Alchemist and Volume 11 of Fruits Basket stayed in the top 150 longer than any other manga for four straight weeks. And on a side note, I know that sometimes we here at ASO Radio mispronounce words, particularly when they're in Japanese. Uh, we try to do the best we can. Not every time pronounces it perfectly. But one thing that really annoys me is on some other anime-related programs, um, on TV or more likely the Internet, when they do not pronounce manga as manga, they pronounce it as manga. It is not manga. Because that is not how Japanese is pronounced. It's manga, okay? Manga, all right? Not manga. So get it straight, pronounce it right. Everybody will be happier, and you won't look like a newbie. And before we get to the ranting stuff, one last news item. Layman, meet the lay judge. Yes, the Daily Yomiuri has an article on how the Japanese courts are using manga to promote an upcoming change to the Japanese judicial system. Starting in 2009, regular, everyday Japanese citizens will sit as lay judges, a play on laymen, alongside professional judges to try criminal cases. The Japanese Supreme Court has teamed with Kenshi Hirokane, creator of Jomu Shima Kasaku, uh, managing director Kosaku Shima, which runs in Shuken Morning Weekly magazine, which is published by Kodansha, to promote and educate the public about the new system. Two of the February installments of the manga dealt with an employee at Shima's company who was selected to sit as a judge in one of these special court cases. Now, right now they're special because they're not mainstream, but 2009, a uh, large number of the um, courts are going to be using these judges among the people in order to try and go and get people to uh, be more involved and warm up more to the Japanese judicial system. All right, and now... Put on your flame retardant outfits. We've got NZ17 doing some rants about some news. Uh, we got two stories. One is about a GPL code release of a couple of date sim games. And the other is about some lowly pedophiles. Since I think that I'm going to go a bit more on that last one than on the first one, we'll do the code release thing first. Now, the original article on Anime News Network about this was a bit, I feel, slanted. Let's see if you can pick up where the uh, prejudice lays in, shall we? We forced to release Game's Force Code. Aru to Asobo, Tears to Tirara, uh, Kusaru, and Too Heart to X-rated source code available to the public. Leaf has been forced to release the source code to four of its games. 
uh, which I already listed. This was because Leaf had used the XVID video codec, a very fine MPG4 video codec, uh, inside their games. XVID is licensed under the new general public God, they got this whole thing wrong. It's really irritating. It's not the new public library. It's the new general public license. Anyways, when software using GPL license code is released to the public, the GPL requires the source code to be made available to the program's users for a 600 yen shipping and handling fee, which is, seems a little high to me, but is reasonable. Leaf will ship a copy of the code to anyone who requests it. I didn't care much for the way that Anime News Network phrased this news story, so I decided to look at the original Japanese uh, website to go and get the straight deal. However, as my Japanese studies aren't what they could be, I used Google to go and translate what the original article said. And so I'm going to skim over this real quick, give it to you as they have it on their website. Uh, let's see, it says they've made mail as the source distribution for code based on the GPL. And they are embarrassed by the mistake, but for people that are desire to get the code, they can send them a postal money order of 600 yen, uh, along with their name and address, to go and receive the code. They'll then be sent a CDR, which is recorded with the source code. Uh, they feel very embarrassed about this uh, for not releasing the source code earlier, but they had not realized that it was released under the GPL and are rather embarrassed about it. And they apologize rather vehemently um, to the programmers that uh, worked on XVID codec and also to their users that did not have the code before. Uh, and they say, we apologize for the fact that annoyance was applied to the, to the users. Uh, of course, this is from Aqua Plus Corporation, uh, parent company of Leaf. So, interesting, fun, and now we've got some extra source code out there in case you want to make your own hentai. So, hey, everybody's going grand. All right, and now, now it's time for a story that isn't exactly so friendly in nature. You see, um, I don't want to name names here, because I don't want to go and give this publisher any more publicity than it deserves, because it deserves no publicity. Um, I am strongly against pedophilia, against people who are sexually attracted to prepubescent and young people, kids, if you will, children, people that get their... Yeah, it's disgusting. But... Because uh, pornographic pictures of children are illegal in almost every modern civilized culture, um, the pedophiles have turned to Wallycon. Wallycon is a term for sexual depictions of children that are drawings rather than photographs, because no actual children are used in the drawings of these photographs, or so claimed by the people that create this Wallycon this filth, if you will, um, that it's actually breaking no laws. And yet, it still goes and provides a means of, if you will, inspiration for uh, budding pedophiles out there to go and see children doing lewd acts with adults. Now, what blows my mind is, first of all, this entire concept of having sex with children is disgusting in my mind. Now, I realize that's a moral judgment call, but it's also not just how I feel 
but based upon the fact that children are not sexually mature, let alone emotionally or mentally mature enough to go and deal with the sort of things that uh, adult sexual activity implies. And that's why I'm really strongly against this, because even though this isn't using actual children, it's right next to it. Um, going and showing these things, whether it's using real children or not, stimulates the same areas of the brain and using the symbolic nature of the brain's interpretation inside someone's mind is the same thing. So it's very disgusting, in my opinion, but I've already said this. What does this have to do with the news? Why is this news? Well, it's really gotten popular in the past couple of years. It's so popular, in fact, that a number of monthly manga anthologies come out in Japan centered on this very subject. And uh, one of them is proudly boasting a pack-in deal with one of their volumes. Now, in Japan, um, a lot of times with the manga volumes, you'll get special little pack-ins. Usually they're posters, sometimes stickers, sometimes other things that are a bit more involved. Uh, and with hentai magazines, it is not uncommon to go and pack in um, women's panties um, uh, for, I guess you could say, obvious reasons. Um, here's my problem, though, is that this particular Lolicon manga anthology is going and packing in a pair of panties that are of the size that a nine-year-old child would wear. And that, my friends, is quite disturbing to me. Uh, I can't imagine why in the world this sort of thing isn't illegal, because while I realize that there is a certain fine line uh, between nudity and sexual material, when it comes to children, it's very clear that children just being naked is children being nude because that's the way that children are, that they don't have the same inhibitions as adults when it comes to this. But when a child is um, in these manga anthologies doing these sort of acts, uh, it is quite clear that this is not something that a child would engage in under his own or her own uh, motivation, and rather an external influence is creating this. And so I just think that this sort of thing is catering too much to a certain uh, perverted subculture in Japan, and also, sadly enough, a, in North America as well. Uh, sorry about ranting on that for a while, but those sort of things really fire me full of a lot of anger and I just really needed to vent about this subject. Um, of course, we have our fan mail section where you, the fans, let us know what you think about our show and the things we cover. And I'd be interested to hear your own takes on this um, Japanese cultural um, following. All right, well, anyways, uh, enough of this. Let's go and head on to our anime reviews. Like I said, three reviews of Kodacha. I hadn't realized we didn't review Volume 1 yet on the show. My mistake. So we're going to go back, review Volume 1, and then uh, review Volumes 3 and 4. And, as an added bonus, so we're not all talking about the same show today, I'm going to dig into our DB3 and NZ review archives and play one of those for you. And so let's get things started with our anime reviews.
Does it suck? Does it rock? Who knows? Anime review. Okie dokie. Uh, we've got um, plenty of Code of Charles to review, and looking at our list of past reviews I haven't aired on the show yet, I decided we'll just go in order, and so we're going to go and slap in a review of Whisper of the Heart, which some of you may recall is the prequel uh, to The Cat Returns. First up, though, I'm going to review Kodacha Volume 1, then we'll get to Whisper of the Heart, then the other two volumes of Kodacha. So what is Kodocha? Kodocha is about Sana Karada, age 11, 6th grader. She is a star in the popular television show Child's Toy, which is the translation of the Japanese title Kodocha, which is that small pico-pico hammer that you so often see in anime and other places. You know, the one you hit it and it makes the sounds. Um, and the actual pico hammer, the Kodocha, makes a big role in this as characters often pull them out to hit each other on the head throughout the course of the show. The show is directed by the um, famous director, uh, whose name I'm not mentioning at the current moment, so I apologize for that. But he also was responsible for Fruits Basket. Um, and let's see, what else, what else? Fruits Basket, he did, um, oh, Super Gals, uh, which some of you may recall. And let's see, okay, well, I'm going to go and pull up his name so we can talk about a bit more about that. But his style is of combining comedy and drama. So you'll get something really dramatic, and then some comedy will come up and nip you on the nose. All right, let's see, KKK. Wait, oh, crap. Didn't even realize what I was saying. Ignore my KKK reference. So, let's talk about the show itself. The show came out in 96, I believe, and uh, it shows. However, it doesn't show in a negative sense. Now, it's dated because of the colors that are used and um, the animation style, but even though you can definitely tell just by looking at it that it's an older release, it is still very charming and very well animated. Much higher level of animation quality than you see in most anime released these days. Um, and so it really endears itself to your eyes, particularly if you like the style that the manga author used, because the anime goes and it takes um, almost a direct translation of the manga's art style into the anime itself. Here we are. Okay, the director was Akitaro Daichi, uh, and he has worked on those other series I mentioned, but I thought I should mention his name, because he did such a lovely job. <laughs> oh, I'm such a goob. All right, let's see. Do, 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 do. Oh, also did Elf Princess Rain, which is obvious from the style in both of those. Uh, Fruits Basket, Girl Power. Okay, Girl Power, not Super Gals. My mistake. Uh, I did like Girl Power much better than um, uh, Super Gals, uh, though they are both worth watching. It is funny, though, because the director actually voiced a junior high schooler in the Girl Power OAV. All right, moving along. Um, so, you know that Sean is a, a star in the show, but what does this have to do with anything? Well, the entire show is basically telling of, about the events that happen in her life and how she deals with them. Uh, she's got a manager named Ray, who she has a big crush on, considers to be her boyfriend um, and her manager, 
Uh, and Ray, of course, owes, if you will, a life debt to her and is willing to play along in whatever uh, sort of silly ideas that she may have in her sixth grader mind. Also in her, uh, in her class, though, she has a number of girls who are her friends, but uh, an unruly boy by the name of Akito, who, if you will, is the leader of a small gang of kids, uh, who constantly go and give nothing but trouble to their teacher. The teacher is quite the college newbie, and thus is quick to cry and doesn't know how to manage the kids well. Sana, feeling pity for her, goes and challenges Akito and uses various forms of blackmail to go and force him to start acting nice and get his um, monkey boys under control. Uh, however, unfortunately for Sana, Akito starts to develop feelings for her, and so she doesn't know quite how to deal with her arch-rival's crush. Uh, and, of course, there is uh, her mama, who writes funny uh, books. She's actually quite the famous writer, and uh, bases many of her stories upon her fantastical ideas, and uh, her zany hats inspire us all. So this first volume of Kodosha really just introduces the characters and their situation, uh, including the Zenchiro, the host of Child's Play, who just seems to be on the short end of the stick, no matter what the situation. Um, and so it introduces us to them, introduces us to Akito. At first it comes off as just your average kid's show, but then it shows its depth by revealing Akito's family to be um, neglectful, even a bit abusive towards him because uh, his sister sees him as the source of his mother's death, um, and his father is always busy away at uh, work and so doesn't take any time for his kids. Uh, by the end of the volume, Sana has discovered this, and so she's like, no wonder he's so messed up, it's a whole family of dumb heads. So she takes it upon herself to go and change his family, and we reach the end of volume one. The music in this is very fun. They had to change the OAV, actually. The original season one OAV couldn't be used because the uh, owner of the music didn't want to go and use a... Sm uh, they wanted a large payout in order to use the uh, music in the show. And since the licensor, Funimation, wasn't about to play these extortive prices, they, had, uh, they decided to instead go and use the original... Uh, OAV's, uh, OAV, the second season's opening music for the first season. Um, another interesting thing of note is that I like the show. No, um, alright, well actually that's about it, all I have to say. Uh, yeah, the, the song was 7 O'Clock News by, uh, Tokyo. Uh, not Tokyo, Tokyo. Uh, <laughs> oh wow. Man, that's a long-running show. Sorry. Uh, I was just looking. The actual full run of this show is 102 episodes. Crazy length, I know. Um, so I have no idea how many volumes are actually going to be released of it, but I hope Funimation releases them all. The voice actors, um, I listened to the English uh, cast this time. Uh, Jerry uh, Duell. He was in uh, Fruits Basket as Kyo. He does a very good job as Akito. Um, Laura Bailey, excellent job as Sana Karada. And I have to go mention this because we're featuring her interview this time. Uh, Monica Rial does a very cute Aya Tsukita. 
Uh, just absolutely adorable, high-pitched little voice, uh, lots of fun. Uh, as a matter of fact, just about every character in the show really grows on you as you watch it. However, the show doesn't really get into the good stuff um, in this first volume. We just kind of scratch the surface. So I'm going to give Volume 1 of Kodocha a recommended. So now, let's go ahead and move on to a review DV3 and I did a few months back about Whisper of the Heart. Very good show, but a bit too slow-paced for my days. Let's have a listen. All right, so this time we have uh, the classic Ghibli film, uh, Whisper of the Heart. Yay, Whisper of the Heart. Whisper of the Heart was a pretty good show, uh, brought to you by Studio Ghibli, of course, which is infamous on our show and many <laughs> places throughout the world. Uh, Whisper of the Heart is unlike most of the Miyazaki films uh, that have been done at Ghibli in the fact that Whisper of the Heart doesn't take place in some fantastical version of the future or the past. Uh, rather, it goes and it takes place in a very... Modern um, China? Uh, no, mo- uh, modern Japan. Oh, yeah, Japan. Um, and it's, it's just more or less really true to real life. It doesn't do anything overly fantastical except for a couple of brief glimpses into the imagination of the main character as she's writing the story that uh, she begins writing uh, towards the end of this uh, movie, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, Whisper of the Heart is basically about a young girl who's in junior high, I believe it is. Yeah, she'd be in junior high. Uh, in junior high, who's going to school with a very talented uh, boy who makes violin. But neither of them uh, really realizes anything about each other at the beginning. Well, you know what? I was just thinking about that. As uh-huh. the story progresses, I think he knew, like, I think he did, the, didn't know her that like Yeah, he, he noticed her, but the viewer isn't aware of this yeah. from the beginning. Uh, at first, she's, she's a lyricist. She likes writing lyrics for songs. And the main theme throughout this whole show is the song Country Roads, which is a very good song. And it's integrated throughout the entire show in various remixes and whatnot. For the main character, she goes, and unfortunately I can't recall her name, but uh, she goes and she writes a couple of variations of the lyrics to Country Road, some serious, some not, some redoing it just to the music. Uh, and it creates a very fun uh, kind of thing, you know, she's going and she's showing her friend. Now, the show isn't just about her making music and the guy making violins. The show is more or less about being a teenager in the awkward stages of falling in love and having crushes and this person likes this person but this person doesn't like them but they like this other person that person likes so on and so forth you know the intricacies of the subtle yes the teenage life coupled with the subtle um, technicalities of a conservative Japanese society where people just can't come out and say they like each other they have to be all subtle you know go about things properly and Race for the Heart's more about this, and the girl happens to come across these books that she keeps writing from the library because she's really into literature, lyrics, so on and so forth. And she happens to notice that this uh, person, this boy, keeps writing the same book she does. And so she starts to try and outdo him and read books that he hasn't read, but by doing so, he comes across more books that he's read. And so the, uh, then she comes across this guy that uh, read some of the lyrics that she had dropped when she ran off after her friend, and uh, he's like, oh, nice lyrics, loves that kind of like a jerk. And uh, at that point, she starts, uh, she spots this cat, and the cat, uh, there's a lot of symbol, uh, symbol, 
symbolism? Yes, yeah, symbolism, thank you. Uh, in this show, and the cat represents the boy. And at first he's intrigued, but often how the cat goes, and he teases people and kind of seems mean-spirited, but he's only doing that for fun, when in fact inside the cat is a rather good cat. And uh, there's all sorts of other symbols that pop up throughout this show, too. you got to really kind of be on your toes. But unfortunately, it's been about two weeks or so since I've seen it, and so I really can't say... Uh, <laughs> More uh, symbolism? Yeah, plus I don't want to spoil it, because, you know, symbolism, you kind of got to think and figure it out and give it meaning in, from your own life, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the movie, more or less, just kind of culminates about uh, those two relationships and the fact that the boy is going to be going off to Italy to a violin-making school in order to perfect his craft. Uh, now, what did you think of this show, uh, DB3? It obviously includes the standard that uh, Ghibli has set for very high quality animation. It, it, it is like... Let me start over. Alright. The show, I liked it a lot. Um, the animation, it, it felt like Ghibli. Like, after watching it, you could tell that it was a Ghibli Studio movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it flowed really nicely. There were parts that sometimes though, it seemed a little slow, which was sort of uncharacteristic for, for them but this is also a movie that I don't see them making a lot but I don't know I like I, I, I overall like the movie like. well this movie is about 20 years older so mm-hmm. we'd say and so as a result you know Ghibli's had 20 more years to go and <laughs> hone the uh, collective yeah. skills and so the movie uh, you know like DB3 said it, it can be very slow and drawn out at points but unlike Press uh, of the Stars it's very rewarding, and it's yeah. not overly drawn out. And, and it has really good characters. It, yeah, the, the characters are very good, very convincing. And the thing about the pacing in this is it's got... They're trying to come across as a real-world sort of feeling and pacing. And so the slower pacing uh, gives it a feel of more like daily life, because that's what this movie is supposed to be portraying yeah. in daily life in Japan in the 1980s, or current times as when it was produced, it was supposed to be at that time period. Um, and I think it succeeds at that point very well. The yeah. music, of course, is very good in this. The music being very important to the emotional scope of any movie or television show. And Ghibli doesn't disappoint on this front either. No, no. They, actually, I don't think they've ever disappointed on that. Yes, the, they, they always have very less drawings that are very well animated, very fully animated, and very quality music. Uh, the, the voice acting was done superbly. Uh, of course, this is a review of an import. We haven't been able to see the dub because who knows when Buena Vista slash Disney is going <laughs> to go and get it out. But um, really, it was just the class act performance all the way through. If the timing was a little bit tighter, it uh, would probably be more enjoyable. But then again, it might also lose some of the effect of being, you know, everyday Japan. But I think they could have cut out a lot of the transitionary scenes, like when they're walking to or from someplace. Uh, but, um, yeah, I have to say I, I enjoyed watching this movie. Yeah? Uh, what, what are you going to give this for a rating? Um, this one's bordering right on the recommended, highly recommended. Uh-huh. Do we have a coin? I'll flip. Um, I'll probably give this, arguably, so I, I think I'll just give it the, just that little extra bit just because it's, it's Ghibli. So I'll, I'll go with the highly recommended. Um, this is a good movie. Um, yeah, that's all I can say about it. Yeah, um, I was um, I was going in thinking uh, I'd seen an uh, um, anime music video featuring this. This is how I started to track it down. I was like, now that, that's definitely a Ghibli film, but I've never seen that before. So I had to go and track it down, figure out what it is, and watch it. 
And from the video, I was thinking that it was going to be something uh, different than what it was because the video was using a lot of the fantastical excerpts from the imagination of the main uh, heroine as she's writing her story. And um, the whole, uh, while it was different from what I was expecting, uh, it still did not disappoint. But I felt that it was, it was a good performance, but it's just not quite enough for me to give a highly recommended. So I'm going to give Whisper of the Heart a recommendation. Normal style recommendation. I hope you all enjoyed that. <laughs> and we're back, or I am at least, with a review of Kototop Volume 3. Um, but wow, really, there's going to be like a bajillion releases of this. We're going to be seeing this for quite a few years to go. Alright, so, what have we with Volume 3? Well, Sana has discovered that Ray isn't quite the boyfriend that she thought she was, um, because he is just playing along with her schemes. Akito is not going to have any of this. It seems that his crush is not going to let anything stand in the way, and he seeks to go and take care of his rivals. So Yoshi goes and mentions to Akito that he has a bit of a love for Sona too. So Akito takes the task um, making both Rei and Tsuyoshi seek love from other venues. Uh, Sana, of course, well, I don't want to give too much spoilers, but let's just say that she finally comes to grips with the fact that Rei, though her manager, is not exactly her boyfriend. And so they go and they redefine their relationship to be more of a star and manager. Rei, however, feels rather guilty about all of this, and so he makes it his goal to be the best manager that he can be. Or rather, since that was already his goal, he tries with twice the fiery passion to go and make Sana the world's biggest star. So, um, outside of that, though, Akito uh, is trying to go and get the love of Sana. He, of course, kissed her at last volume. Shaka stopped her innocence gone. And now... Uh, Sana decides the only solution to this and her problems with Ray is to run away from home. However, Akito convinces her that maybe that's not the smartest thing to do. And Tsuyoshi suddenly is having problems and nobody has seen him at school for a while. What's going on? Yeah, they don't tell us the volume three. So, I really like this volume. It was, um, good fun, good fun. A little bit of trivia for all of you. Um, thought this was interesting. Um, in episode two of the show, that's volume one, Tsuyoshi's reading a book about how to go and console women. The funny part is, is that the author is listed as Miho Obana, who wrote the original manga that Kodocha was based upon. I thought that was kind of a funny little fact. Um, so, this volume's nice. They, they do a good job of balancing out the drama with the comedy. Whenever things get a bit too heavy, this, of course, is a kid's show at its heart, so Sana will break into song or otherwise try to go and lighten up the mood. Uh, generally, this is done rather well in this volume, but I can't say so much for volume four. So, we got to get to volume four now, and I'm going to give Kodocha volume three, that's episodes um, nine through twelve, a recommended. Uh, highly recommended. Sorry about that. Volume 1 gets a recommended. Volume 3 gets a highly recommended. But what about Volume 4? Well, in this one, Akito discovers that Tsuyoshi's parents are getting a divorce. Um, Tsuyoshi seems to be taking this in stride, but confides into them that it's not as easy as he had hoped. Akito and Sana both pair into his dad, who seemingly is calloused about the whole thing. And, tragically... 
for Sana, her mother reveals that uh, she's writing a book about their lives in which some sort of secret from their past is going to be revealed. What this secret is? Well, we're not going to know until Volume 5. <laughs> However, uh, this volume is pretty good. Uh, Keto gets some more development time, begins to confide in Sana. They become closer as friends, and of course she teaches them about the whole thing uh, just horribly. It's just awful. However, though this volume has nice character development and a nice uh, summer vacation um, as part of it and a school trip and everything, unfortunately, the balance between the drama and the comedy is becoming much too stark. Instead of a logical and gradual flow from one to the other, it's just rather abrupt when the mood gets too, uh, too uh, serious or a scene carries on too long. They just abruptly break in with some sort of joke or song or whatever so it doesn't have the I guess you could say the smoothness the gradualness between the two that is present in the earlier volumes so I'm hoping that Kodocha is not starting to come apart at the scenes uh, but this volume is kind of not the most shining moment however I hope that volume 5 will be able to go and redeem volume 4 from losing a bit of the uh, well-refined nature that I've become accustomed to from this series. So, Volume 3 of Kodacha, Episodes uh, 17 through 20. Wait a minute, 17 through 20, that doesn't seem right. Let's see, 4, 4, 4. No, I guess that would be right. Okay, no. 13 through 16. My bad. Uh, 13 through 16 of Kodacha gets a recommended. Alright, so, now it's time for us to shake our groove thing on over to the fan mail. Fan mail. Fan mail. Fan mail, fan mail, fan mail, fan mail, fan mail. Fan mail! I've got some announcements to make during this section about uh, some changes we're making to ASO Radio's website. Uh, before we get into that, though, I'm going to go and jump into the fan mail, provide a bit of a break from the constant chitter-chatter that I'm so good at producing. Um, okay, uh, we got one fan mail that was delivered in two parts from Warp Shadow. Now, let's see, here we are. The subject, episode 88. Hey, NZ, how's every little thing? Every little thing? Eh, not too bad, but every little thing is in fear of everything larger than it. Uh, very scary. Being tiny is not a safe thing to do. Number one, about your review of Genshiken. I am a bit surprised. I thought that episode four, at least, would have brought it up to a neutral. I still respect your opinion, though. I remember a few episodes back that someone thought that you and DB3 thought too much alike. I think if you really want differing opinions, contrasting Asa with Annie Fanaticu, our sister site, would be a good option. Well, Warp Shadow, I do think that's a good option. So, starting on episode 90, I'm going to try and contrast our review with Anifanaticu by going and saying what Anifanaticu gave the show that we are reviewing that episode. I think it will provide a nice contrast and a tie-in with our sister site. Uh, okay, number two. About my favorite old show. Uh, the fan mail subject from last week. For that, it is kind of hard to say, but I've seen some episodes of Zeta Gundam recently, and I enjoy them immensely. 
Well, well, Shadow, I'm sure you're not alone in enjoying Zeta Gundam. There's a big following of Gundam, and Zeta is one of the more popular series. And the second part uh, has number three, which says, about the news section of ASO, I would prefer it if you did less news items, but talked more about your feelings toward the items that you did choose. Well, what's that duly noted? And, beginning with this episode, I decided to start enacting that. Besides, talking like the Micro Machines guy isn't doing anyone any favors. Alright, so that covers the fan mail for this week. If you have something that you want us at Acer Radio to hear and you want your voice gone and broadcast out to the anime listening world, because remember, we get quite a few hundred listeners every week, uh, go ahead and send us fan mail. This website, follow the uh, click at the top says communications. There's the fan mail link. Fill out the form, send it on to us, and it's all good. Okay, so now I need to make some announcements regarding ASO Radio. Now, as you know, ASO Radio is an endeavor of love. One anime fan and his friends quest to go and to give out reviews of anime so that you don't waste your dollars or your time on shoddy anime. However, we do need money to go and continue to operate our show. And that is, of course, why I introduced the Club NG section of the website. Uh, this section has not launched as of this episode, but it will be launched in time for episode 90. Club NZ will feature a number of exclusives for members only, and one of those exclusives is going to be ASO Radio episodes. Now, it's not quite what you think, so let me explain. ASO Radio is a product of NZ17 Productions, and as such, Club NZ is the members-only area of our website. It's a brief overview. In order to become a member of Club NZ, sign up at our forum, and then go and um, check out the uh, group listing. Let me go ahead and pull that up right now. Uh, which will allow you to go and see the various groups that are available at Club uh, at NZ17 Productions. Uh, the, yes, user groups. My mistake. The user group that you need to join, of course, is Club NZ. Now, it costs $20 a year, and you get quite a lot for that uh, $20. What all is included, you may wonder. Well, I'm glad you theoretically asked. First of all, we have exclusive comics and wallpapers from MacRoboV the comic. Very awesome little dilly, because you can't see them anywhere else. Uh, number two... We have some uh, exclusive Anti-Fanaticu articles about a myriad of things. These won't be appearing on the normal Anti-Fanaticu website. You can only get them through the Club NZ form on NZ17 Productions message board. And lastly, but not leastly, uh, I'm sorry for going and applying Lee to those words. I know it's not proper English. But we have ASO Radio. What are we contributing to the Club NZ mix? Well, I'm glad you're asking. Um, Club NZ will see ASO Radio episodes an entire week before the general public does. In addition to that, they'll be in a higher quality format. So, while the public will go and listen to, say, episode 89, Club NZ members will get advanced access to episode 90. Now, granted, the public will eventually get to listen to ASO Radio uh, episode uh, 90, in this case, but it won't be for an entire week. So, if you don't want to be left behind with the ignorant masses, 
be sure to go and sign up on our message board and then join Club NZ. Your uh, yearly membership is actually just a paltry $20, and included in that membership is one of our exclusive uh, NZ17 Productions store items. Uh, our store items include um, past seasons of ASO Radio, uh, collections of Macro Movie, the comic, comic strips, and um, a convenient uh, listing and containment of past Anifanatica reviews. Very useful resource for those of you who don't want to spend all your time downloading. So, let's go over this one last time, but in a brief manner. Join Club NZ, help us out so we can continue to bring you episodes of Ace of Radio every week. Your $20 contribution does a lot to go and keep us on the air. Sure, we have a couple of ads on some sections of uh, our website, such as Anifanatiku, but these ads pay a paltry amount that is not able to keep us online. Without members joining Club NZ, we, not, we may not be around in 2007. So if you want to go and keep us on the air, very appreciated. For your contribution of $20, you get exclusive Macro V wallpapers, comics, Anifanatiku articles that can't be seen anywhere else, and advanced access to high-quality episodes of ASO Radio a week before the general public gets the low-quality version. So, if you want to check, join us out, join in advance, go to our forum, join up, join our user group, and you'll be set to go. So, in essence, real quick, starting with episode 90, um, okay, there's going to be a period, a week, where the general public isn't going to have a new episode. It's sad, but true. we got to do it in order to go and preserve the whole exclusivity thing. So when next week rolls around, episode 90 will be available for Club NZ subscribers. But the general public will still only have episode 89 available. However, the week after that, when episode 91 comes out, the public will then have access to episode 90. So get in on the action. Subscribe to Club NZ today. Or just wait around. I mean, you know. What's a week here or there, right? Okay, I'm not that patient. I couldn't do it. But anyways, let's go ahead and move on to the final section of today's show, The Hot Spot. Come on up and spin the wheel, there, there you hot spot. Who's up for an interview with Monica Rial? Raise your hand. Oh, yeah. It looks like almost everybody feels like listening to an interview with a wonderful anime voice actress. So... For your listening pleasure, here is part one of our two-part interview with Monica Rial from Mandesucon 2005. So now, uh, well, unfortunately, we lost the interview with Terry Savage because of a bent adapter for the mic. That's why it never pays to get into computers or audio video. <laughs> okay, but we, we are going to try to make up for lost ground, lost time, and a lost episode from yesterday by interviewing Monica Rial. Hello! And you have been in so many shows, it's oh, ridiculous. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's, I've been working at ADD for almost six years, wow. and I've been working at Funimation for about two. So it was, enough, it was bad enough when it was ADD, you know, it was like we do a lot of shows over there, but yeah. then when you add Funimation on top of it, sometimes I like, I'll look at ANN and I'll look at my name just to see, <laughs> <laughs> holy crap, I did all that, I did all that. And, um, well, trust me, don't look on the Internet Movie Database because uh, they've got uh, a lot of errors in there. Yeah, <laughs> I've noticed that. Um, yeah, I try not to look at 
I don't really pay much attention to what's being said out there because people can say some really good and some really mean things. So I don't. Well, I just meant the listings of who play who. Oh, <laughs> uh, that too. I so, so if I have any of the names or characters wrong, don't blame me. Oh, not a problem. Not a problem. Um, but uh, first of all, we'll, we'll ask you about some of your voice acting in a moment. But I heard that you did some of the script work on uh, Mad Blacks and Dean Angel. I did actually. Dean Angel was the first script that I did the ADR. Um, yeah writing for and I actually used a pseudonym. I was Dorothy Gerrard because it was my first shot and I thought, well, this really sucks and people hate it. I don't want them to know it was me. <laughs> so, but fortunately it all worked out and now I'm writing, I just finished writing that back. Um, I'm writing Gossamon, the original Battle of the Planet. And I'm writing Kaleidostar too. Oh. So I'm, I love it. It's well, I love Kaleidostar, so I hope the follow-up isn't, uh, you know, going to disappoint me. I think it's actually, having launched the entire series to write the second series, I think it's actually better. You get some really interesting new characters yeah. that are brought in. And so is it a continuation? Level. It's a continuation. It's a continuation um, with added characters, and it's basically the same Plot. I mean, basically, it's all stories and her dream and everything, but but you add all this new turmoil and these really fun new characters that just kind of bring it together. And I really enjoyed writing, and I think it's a great show. But yeah, I love ADR. It's challenging. Mad Lex was your tough one, but yes, I did do that. <laughs> So, uh, do very many people uh, bring up how you played a role in Full Metal Alchemist? You know, um, I actually did an interview mm -hmm. where the guy swore that he wasn't going to, you know, release the interview until what I had done had already aired, because I am the spoilerific character of the show, as you will. Um, <laughs> because so, if I didn't say yeah. the name then. <laughs> exactly. Well, the, the original, I can say Lyra. Um, who appeared, I think it's either episode 7 or episode 9, the Mining Town episode. Um, I can't tell you what happened or all of that good stuff, but um, I actually did an interview all about the end, and it was it was awesome because I recorded all the full metal. We're done recording. Um, so now it's like the waiting game. It's like, okay, usually I can talk about shows and say, well, just wait till you see the end of the show. It's great, you know. So this is one of those shows where that doesn't work. I can't talk about it at all. Show you that, how that anticipation Oh, it's, it's, I'm dying because it's one of my favorite characters that I've done. And, and I'm just like, you know, I, I'm, I'm biting my lips to like bleeding points. So I'm like, oh, I just want to talk about it. And I can't. And it's, it's so well, weird. it is a very hot property at the moment. It Lots is. of people love Full Metal Alchemist. It just seems it just gets better and better. I have to tell you that um, I thought it was a bunch of hype originally and I went in and I did the episode and I was like well the episode that I did well, was fun you look at the cover of the first DVD where uh, Ed has this giant six pack you know yeah, <laughs> and the big huge gun yeah. you know like that no dude I don't think that little twerp would have those big huge arms but you know but as I got to the end when we started recording the end of the show I was like okay now I see why people love this show I see why why there's so much praise and there's so much hype because it really it blew my mind I was there's not very many shows that do that anymore because yeah. I get kind of jaded. I'm, you know, it's like when you're an anime fan, you've seen it all. It's like, yeah, I've done there, I've been that. So. Well, you know how they say retrospect is 2020. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, at the current point in time, it's not always easy to say, oh, this or that or that or this. But um, sometimes I get the feeling that Full Metal Alchemist might be 
the quote-unquote next Evangelion, just because it's got a lot of stuff to it. I've know? heard that, and the thing that's funny is that I think there will be people that argue that, of course, because it's so different. You know, it's a totally different, almost a different genre, if you will. Um, but at the same time, in the way that it touches people, I can see that similarity. I mean, I don't think the stories themselves have much in common, but yeah. but definitely they both touch people. Um, I would I would think it's I think it's great if it got to that point. Um, I was very excited to have a part in. Um, I actually took over from Maya Ibuki in the third round, the director's cut. It was the third Maya Ibuki to getting a, to be a part of Evangelion, which was a big deal to me. And I was like, if I could be in something else that affects people like that, you know, it's not so much that people think it's cool or popular, but it affected people. It changed the way they thought, and I liked stuff like that. So did you play more than one character for Ava, or...? No, because I wasn't around when I did the original. That was way before my time. Um, but what ended up happening is by the time... Because you look older than Ted. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> but it was before my time at ABV, let's say. Um, but I did not get to originally, and then they went and they did the movie. They brought the main cast to New Which, for a long time, nobody thought that the movies would ever see the light of day here because of all the licensing and costs. Issues. Well, and Ava just has a, an entire approach to it. I mean, if you heard some of the stories of people that have worked on the show and had horrible things to them, it's like, kind of got the touch of death to it. So. Well, we know about the horrors of the yeah. Evangelion. our live episode. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, <laughs> but can uh, imagine. let's see, what else? Oh, oh. Here's one uh, we actually just watched yesterday, did a review on, um, and DV3 here, because uh, we go by code names, so I'm MD17. Oh, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> anyways, he really, really likes Full Metal Panic. Oh, are you just getting a goosebumps? Yeah, she also was really, I, just the way she was such a good friend. Oh, thank you. You know what, I've gotten, I used to read a lot on the internet and, yeah. and about what people said about shows and stuff. And, um, They're I so think, facetious. Yeah, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. You know, and I, I figure you take some, you, you yeah. loosen you in some, whatever. Exactly. So it's, but there was a lot of people with Kyoko that were like, you know, that voice is so annoying, but it fits that character. You cannot question <laughs> that that would be that character's voice. Or there's people that are like, you know, it, it's annoying, but it sounds like the Japanese. You know, it's not varying anything. But she was so much fun. And I also play, like, 20 other characters in the show, like the alarm clock. I play Dr. Gold, Goldberry, the, the big lady, Lemming, um, um, the behemoth. I'm like, all wow. these different things. So for me, it was kind of like the Where's Waldo for Monica. Which can pop up next? But. That show, we had a An lot audio of fun. Book. Yeah, exactly. We had a lot of fun. And, um, oh, shut up, Colin. I should turn that off. No, I that's guess, special effects. I know. It's all part of the show. It's, it's, it's all planned. It's my dance mix. Oh, it's Carrie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her we need her back here. Her interview died. Carrie. <laughs> Hi, I'm sitting here with the nice guys that you recorded with earlier from ASO Radio, and they um, lost your interview. So sad. It 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 died. So they were going to see if maybe they could meet up with you again. (laughs) La 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 la. 
Uh-oh, la, la, la. I'm trying not to bore the listeners. <laughs> oh, no, I think everybody's like, oh, what's going to happen? So much excitement. It's so much anticipation. Oh, well, evidently she's having problems with her panel, so she said oh, maybe no. she could just come down here. Oh, there are no problems. So, yeah, if you want, I think... They were always open up to uh, multiple guests at once, I guess. Yeah. Well... Well, Carrie, you decide what you're going to do. I have another interview after this, I think, in this room, but you can come down and hang out for a while. Well, hold on. I'm going to put you on speakerphone so you can say hi to the listeners. Hold on. Oh, this is going to be neat. Are you there? Yeah. Okay, just say hi to the listeners real quick. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, my interview's gone. But maybe you'll have another one, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll see you in a bit, sweetie. Bye. That's okay, that was fun. <laughs> Hopefully she'll show, but if not, that's okay. Um, okay, but uh, so yeah, Full Metal Panic, that was a really great show. Oh, and um, I've got to say, uh, it's crazy. It's not exactly something that really sticks out, but I like Magical Shopping Arcade of Benobox. I think that's a fun show. And <laughs> I think the character you played... Was very hot character, but uh, oh, you know you don't get into anime without appreciating the way things look. Exactly. Um, but uh, how was it being in such a wacky show like that? It was it was hilarious. I mean, um, I personally think that that Lucy Christian, I mean, as as Sachi, I mean, she did amazing work. I loved Jason Douglas, you know, as the <laughs> the cross. The, uh, amazing work by <laughs> everyone. Wasn't her name like Miss Aki? Miss Aki, yeah. I think that um, everybody did such a great job, and while my part was a lot smaller, I still felt very much a part of the team. Hey, you were and part of the Abenobashi girls, you know, yeah, you were the trio. I was part of the Abeno girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite part, probably, um, Amanda is a good friend of mine, Amanda Winley, who was Ray Ayanami, and, you know, Sayaka kind of has that that hair, that blue hair, and it's another Dynax show. Yeah, I was so, thinking the same yeah, thing. There's an actual tribute at the, I don't know if you saw the end of Abba Nova, she wish, or I don't know if it's the end, or it's one of the later episodes, where she's actually running to school in a uniform that looks exactly like Ray's with toast in her mouth, running around the screen, I was like, holy cow, look at that. You think that's fun. funny? I was looking, Dynax uh, is having some sort of special anniversary thing this year, oh, releasing wow. special edition toys in Japan and uh, of their most popular characters and their early characters. And they have a blonde character that looks just like Ray, more or less, maybe a little bigger build. Uh, and she was in, like, one of their earlier works. And um, wow. I don't know, it's like kind of a clutch character or something. Uh, I think, how many blue-haired girls must Gynax make? I think that they just have an infatuation. And it's always, you know, these short blue-haired girls. You know, not long, flowing blue-haired girls. These short, spiky blue-haired girls. And it's like... Okay, but I, I love that show. That shows me uh, the dancing mushroom still, you know, taking care of I'm like, it's just, it's craziness. I like how they go off and it's like, what was that? Oh, this is this mushroom and that mushroom. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, oh, I'm going to have to go and cut it right there. Uh, <laughs> it just seems that our interview with Monica, one thing flows into another and we could just keep on going forever. I'd like to apologize, though, for the quality of the sound in that interview. Uh, we were having just so many problems with equipment at Nandesu Comet. It was just ridiculous. By the time we go to our next convention, I will have a portable digital audio recorder, and I will be able to make much better sound than I was with my combination of microphone, uh, adapters, amplifiers, and a laptop, and a horrible sound card. 
It was just awful. So join us next week, though, for the other half of our interview with Monica Real. For now, though, I have a couple of funnies that DB3 and I recorded a while ago, uh, some commercials that we intended to air as part of the show. And speaking of commercials, we're planning on having some commercials for uh, Macro V the Comic and Any Fanaticu starting next week. So be sure to listen for those. Uh, for now, however, enjoy our free funnies and a promo spot. Have you ever been lost in the wilderness of wild, savage animals and not knowing where you are? Well, all you have to do is call Capsule. Have you, ha, ha, have you ever stuttered before? Call Capsule. Have you ever found yourself on a planet that already be blown up for the last few seconds? Call Capsule. That's right, folks. All you have to do is call Capsule and we will come no matter where you are. Remember, that's 1-800-CAP-CAP-CAP-CAPSULE. That's 1-800-CAP-CAP-CAP-CAPSULE. CAP-CAPSULE. Man, I can't beat her! I can't beat this queen of the evil planet Andor! What am I supposed to do? Ludicrously impossible when there's only one. Ludicrously impossible, your situation's not fun. What to do when you're on the run? Ludicrously impossible solutions, here's the fun. All you have to do is turn to page 87, how to get away from the high queen, or page 42, how to go and resurrect your dead friends. That's right, our book will go and show you how to get out of any situation. So remember, when you're in a ludicrously impossible situation, there's only one solution that can help you. Ludicrously impossible solutions, that's the one ludicrously impossible to get fun. Would you like to go and advertise on Angel Radio? It's really complicated. You give us money and we'll put your message on the air. I mean, I wish I could simplify it beyond two simple steps. Or really one step if you want to think about it on behalf of the paying people. But, hey, I guess that is really easy. All you need to do is go ahead and contact us. Our advertisements range anywhere from 30 seconds to uh, two and a half minutes in length. And we'll advertise just about anything as long as it's not too obscene. So be sure to go and visit us online at www.ng17.com slash radio slash advert for all the information on how you can go and tell the world about your product, service, or other message you'd like to get out here on ASA Radio. We've got a very powerful, strong-willed, independent, and not cheap like at all listening audience who will be glad to hear your message. Be sure to visit us today, nv17.com. <laughs> Hey, you know, DB3, these mechas that were left over from that funny we did with D-Guy about Xenosaga sure are useful for cleaning up the house, wouldn't you say? Man, I didn't, think, I didn't think I'd ever get that Oh, I know. The laser blaster is great for getting rid of t- bathtub grind. Man, I'm so glad we have those. You know, maybe we could tell everyone about these. You know, I think we should put out a commercial telling everybody how useful home mechas are for doing all sorts of things. You know, last week, those Gundam guys living next door were getting mighty rowdy. I was glad I had my home mecha to go and slice them in half with my laser sword. Chum. Man, the world would be so much nicer if everyone had these home mechas. Oh, I know. That's why they should go and visit our website, homemechas.net, in order to go and place their own order. Delivery time estimate, one to two years. You know, you could not find offers for these high-quality products on any other anime talk radio program. That's why everybody loves Aso Radio. 
Anyways, I hope you all enjoyed our reviews this show. Of course, our interview with the lovely Monica Rial. And, of course, the very courteous Carrie Savage came and did the interview with us, which you can hear from a few episodes back. And, of course, if you have anything to say about any of the stuff that we discussed on this week's episode, be sure to write in to us, send in some fan mail, and we'll be sure to address it on the next episode of ASO Radio. So, for episode 89 of ASO Radio, this is NZ17 saying, Sayonara, Space Cowboy! ASO Radio is copyright of MG17 Productions. ASO Radio is licensed to the general public under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial share-like license. Additional licenses available. For more information, visit us online at www.nz17.com.